spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which few, that is, eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which is prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is now at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. Here ends our reading for this evening. The church is changing. We hear that a lot these days, and usually the story is um, one of decline. Fewer participants in services. Fewer dollars in the offering plate. But the story of decline is incomplete. The Holy Spirit is still moving in, with, and around the local church. Lives are being transformed because that's what God does. And God doesn't stop doing it just because there are fewer bodies in the pews. This Lenten, service, or this Lenten sermon series is entitled, The Victory of Faith. And it focuses on the aspects of faith that bring victory to us as believers. And so may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and redeemer. Amen. All parents know the joy, along with the fear, of bringing a new member into the family. This is true for those who are brought into family through birth, and is equally true for those who are brought into a family through adoption. And there is a joy in the heart of our Heavenly Father when somebody is brought into his family through baptism. And it is in this way that baptism is a lot like adoption. In today's world, there are many children who are orphaned from the love of a family, and there is such a need for love to be spread. Underage parents, unwanted children, unfit parents who abuse or desert their children, and even unexpected death. All of these tragedies may leave children orphaned from the love of a family. And I thank God that there are people who want to be parents, and for many different reasons, are able to bring a child or children into their family. Heather and I have some very good friends that have done just that. I first met Nate and Audrey uh, my senior year of undergrad work at Lutheran Bible Institute in Seattle. Nate was on his way to seminary as well, and so we struck up a friendship, and it's lasted um, almost 20 years now. After graduation, both of our families moved to St. Paul, Minnesota, where Nate and I began our seminary studies. And our two families became very close. In fact, Nate and Audrey became an aunt and an uncle to Colin and to Kyle when he came along. This relationship has been special and has continued even after seminary. And when we have visited them and they have visited us, we've exchanged birthday cards and Christmas cards and emails and phone calls, all to keep track of each other. Now, not long after seminary, and after many years of trying, Nate and Audrey announced that they would become parents, only to have their hope turned into grieving after a miscarriage. The loss was devastating for our friends. 
And after some time of healing and uh, some time, Nate and Audrey decided that they wanted to try to adopt a sibling set from the country of Ethiopia. You see, they had been to an information seminar and, uh, on how the process worked. And by the time they left that seminar, they were sure that this was the right way for them to expand their family. It was then that the hard work began. Heather and I were privileged to be able to be asked to write a recommendation on their behalf to their agency. And we waited with them for any kind of news on progress of any sorts. After an enormously slow process, through approvals and interviews and home visits and more interviews and more approvals, Finally, Nate and Audrey received word that they had been matched with two young brothers. I would love to say that that was the end, but really, it was just the beginning. Because now Nate and Audrey, they had to go to Ethiopia and go through the Ethiopian authorities in order to have the adoption made legal and to receive permission to come and visit the boys we started to pray for little Baraket and Eshetu. And finally, they received confirmation that they could come and pick up their boys. They received confirmation on a Friday night, and by Monday, they were on a plane to Ethiopia. Once they arrived in Ethiopia, another round of bureaucracy began. And after 12 more days of visits with the boys, more interviews, and more observations... Nate and Audrey were able to walk out of an Ethiopian courtroom, the proud parents of two beautiful young boys. It was then that that day became a gotcha day. That is the day that is celebrated as much as any birthday in their family. It's because that day, both parents and children got each other. New lives began that day for Nate and for Audrey and for Baraket and for Eshetu. And several years later, they added another sibling set to the family, bringing brother Teshi and sister Amsala home to complete the family. This is why adoption is so similar to baptism. All people, all people are made orphans in a world full of sin. In its pride and self-centered rebellion against God, the human family has become tragically fractured and separated. Our own pride and self-centeredness towards God prove that we are children of a darkened world, a people with no natural bond for love between us that will let us live gracefully. No bond of love that will let us live before God rightfully. We are orphans in a dark world of sin. That is who we are. And that is who we would still be if it were not for the infinite love of our own God, who desires us to be children of the light and members of his family of love. God approaches us in our human nature to make his appeal. He stands in our home, on our home turf and he goes through the greatest lengths in order to reach us. In Jesus Christ, his own son, God becomes like us in every respect. Jesus gave up his glory 
so that he might identify with the very people he wished to bring into his family. Jesus became like us, so that we might know and understand the very one who desires all of us to be included as his children. Now, like any adoption proceedings, there is a cost to be paid. In human courts, there are human factors that have to be dealt with, and money helps to cover the debts. But between the heart of God and the hearts of men and women and children, there are spiritual factors that need to be dealt with. Here, silver and gold have no value. Just remember what Paul said, the wages of sin is death. And because we are orphaned in sin, the debt that must be paid is high. Here is where the love of God can be seen at its greatest. In Jesus, the Father accepts the debt. Jesus loves us to death, literally. He loves us to death on the cross. Martin Luther, in his small catechism, puts it this way as he explained in the second article of the Apostles' Creed. Luther says, At great cost he has adopted me, a lost and orphan child, not with silver or gold, but with his holy and precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. The Apostle Paul writes in the book of Galatians, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his own Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as his children. In one act of love, the anxious moments of sin, the fear of our own guilt, and the de and death are all drowned. For the claim has been made by God, the maker of all that is seen and unseen, that we shall be his. We shall be his children of his loving heart and be a part of his family. This is done in baptism. It is our entrance as sons and daughters into God's family. Paul again writes, we were buried with him by a baptism into death. The wages of sin have been paid. The way has been cleared and the law has been satisfied. As we are united with Christ through baptism, we are adopted sons and daughters of God, our Father in heaven. Peter expresses it this way, for Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous in order to bring you to God. What joy there is in heaven. To paraphrase Peter's words, once we were alone with no people, but now we are God's people. Once we had not received mercy, but now we receive all mercy. Once we were orphaned in sin, but now we are adopted in love. And life begins in a new way all over again for those of us in the family. In baptism, we are given a new name, child of God, believer, Christian. And we are given our family's name, proudly to be spoken to the rest of the family and to friends and to the whole wide world. 
After our welcome into this great family comes the tasks of love, the daily washing as we repent of our sins and return to our baptism, the feeding at the family meal in Holy Communion that nourishes us for life's journey, the clothing in the righteousness of Christ that guards us from the evil one, the teaching from the word, the discipline for maturing in Christ, the joy of the Spirit on our hope-filled imaginations, the protecting of the Father of all mercies, the watching, listening, sharing of the family together in Christ-like caring. It is in this adoptive love that we who are baptized grow, knowing that we are a part of the family, loved right out of being an orphan so that we too may share in the inheritance of the family treasures. These treasures are the forgiveness of sin, deliver us from death, and life everlasting. We who have been baptized know this. God loves you. God Almighty was willing to go to any extent, even the death of his own son, to have you adopted into his family. This privilege is not yours by right of birth. By birth you are creatures of God, but orphaned by sin and therefore outside the family of God. It is in baptism that you are adopted into the family. The relationship has been changed. You are now a child of the Heavenly Father with other brothers and sisters to Jesus himself in this family of love. I know as I watched Nate and Audrey go through their ordeal, they admitted there were many times that they thought to themselves, is this worth it? Is all this rigmarole and bureaucracy and stress and financial burden worth it? To which I also know that they have said undoubtedly, yes, of course it was worth it. Just one has to look at these kids, these kids that now range from 17 to 12, and remembering the very first time that they hugged them and held them. Yes, it was worth it. But what if we asked Jesus if it was worth it? What if we asked Jesus, was I worth going to the cross for? His unequivocal response would be, yes, child. I would do it all over again for you. You are worth it. And that is the victory of faith. Amen.